Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by Students for You. My name is Peter Roman, and this is week seven of the quarantine edition of my show. This week is going to be a little bit different than my previous weeks because, of course, I'm not doing the movie slash TV show recommendation anymore. Last week was the last week for that. If you want to find out which shows I recommend, all of it is available from last week's show there at the very end. Just a nice little, nice little group of shows to keep people preoccupied if you're still unable to work or just looking for something new to watch because it's always nice to have it's always nice to have like new shows to watch something you know a little bit more under the radar and not you know screaming from the rooftops the office is great or something like that so anyway today my COVID-19 sports news not a ton but I will talk a little bit about what's going on my live sports segment is huge, so a lot to talk about in that section. And to end my show today, there was the announcement for the class of 2020 for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I'm just going to talk in depth a little bit about that. And specifically, Calgary Flames, <laughs> Calgary Flames all-time best player, Jerome McGinley, who was part of the class. So... I'll get to that, but I'm going to start with the COVID-19 sports news. The first one, it's not 100% related to COVID-19, but kind of. So bear with me on this. It's about the NHL draft lottery, which took place. And so the draft lottery, normally you'd think, well, why does this have anything to do with COVID? Well, it has to do with what actually happened in the lottery, because the lottery took place with the seven teams who are not going to be part of the NHL's return to play playoff tournament, essentially. However, as far as the way the lottery normally works for the, like, in order to get a top pick in the NHL draft, you basically have to win a lottery to get into a top three spot, and it's usually contested by every single team who didn't make the playoffs. And so because technically the first round of the playoffs that they're having in their return to play is technically a qualifying round. So in theory, any team who loses in the qualifying round would then be eligible to win the draft lottery. And I hope that makes sense. It's a little bit confusing, but that's kind of the simplest way I can explain it. But nonetheless, there was the seven teams who didn't make it though, of course, hoping to land the number one overall pick. And the draft lottery went pretty, you know, as expected for a lot of teams as far as where they thought they would be. And then we got some big surprises. The Ottawa Senators were a team, they had two shots at the number one overall pick as they had their own first round draft pick in addition to the San Jose Sharks first round draft pick. And so they ended up in the number three and the number five selections, which is a little disappointing. Ottawa had the second and third best chances of winning the actual lottery itself. And so they end up in the three and five slots which is obviously disappointing. Ottawa's a franchise that hasn't had a lot to cheer about over the last couple of years. And so they're still really good picks. And this could be a big situation, like a good game-changing situation for Ottawa where they could finally have a chance to, you know, get some real good cornerstones to add to the young players they already have. And hopefully they'll be a good team eventually. 
Ottawa's just a team that struggles to sell tickets, and so I always root for them to find some star power and some marketability. The number two overall pick in the draft went to the LA Kings, who just missed out on the number one pick, which was won not by a team, but by a placeholder. For the first time in NHL draft lottery history, we don't actually know who won the lottery yet, because this is the way this is going to work. And again, bear with me, this is the simplest way I can explain it. So for the qualifying round for the return to play, so for example, the Calgary Flames in the de facto first round, they play the Winnipeg Jets, which is the 8 versus 9 matchup. And so the loser of that game between Calgary and Winnipeg will have a 12.5% chance of winning the number one overall pick and getting to select the guy who I think is going to be a legit superstar, Alexi Lafreniere, who, if I'm completely honest, was the easily the best player at the World Junior Hockey Championships, despite being an 18-year-old. He looks legitimately like a top, top-end winger, top, top-end superstar. And so, you know, losing in the first round might not be the worst thing ever because you, in theory, have a 12.5% shot at winning the lottery because every team who loses in the first round has an equal opportunity to get the number one pick. It's really confusing, but it does mean there's going to have to be a second lottery at the conclusion of the first round. Unless, of course, the NHL isn't able to continue their season, in which case it would just be drawn between the eight teams who were on the outside looking in at the time of the stoppage. So that's the simplest way I can explain it, but it means that there's a potential for a really good team to get a really good player. Because even though I think it's very unlikely, if a team like Pittsburgh, for example, lost in the first round, they could, in theory, get Alexi Lafreniere. And, I mean, Pitts... <laughs> yeah, Pitt, the last thing Pittsburgh needs is more offensive help. They're already pretty stacked in a lot of those positions. So, something to keep an eye on. Very intriguing story. And the reason why this is all happening is because, of course, COVID brought a stop to the season. So, this is kind of related. But anyway, on to the actual couple of things I wanted to talk about. MLB Baseball has an agreement to come back and play. I'm not entirely sure how or where, but... I guess we'll see. Baseball's been kind of a mess as far as trying to find a way to return, but it sounds like they are. I know I know I know I don't normally talk about baseball on my show and that's just because I don't follow the sport in any kind of depth and so it's not really fair for me to talk about a sport that I really know very little about. I I would like to think I know the basics of baseball where of course I know the rules of the game and all of that and you know, I know a little bit about the Toronto Blue Jays, but there's not a ton outside of that. But anyway, they do have an agreement to come back and play, but their season, to me, is still very up in the air. And then the biggest thing I wanted to talk about is a big development that I'm trying to keep track of around the world, and that is the return of fans to sporting events. Because right now, you know, there really isn't a lot as far as people being allowed to attend and that's for obvious safety reasons with COVID-19 and without having a vaccine but interestingly in doing some research 
the Dutch Soccer League is actually going to start allowing fans back into the stadium on September 1st when they restart their when they kick off their next season because the Dutch League of course canceled the remainder of their current season and so when they start their next season they are going to allow fans in the stands with physical distancing and actually Finland is another country who is planning on doing that when their soccer league returns as well and so again once the, once again it would be fans allowed in the stands as long as they are physically distanced and so I'm not sure how that will work but I'm very very curious to see how this all happens but of course I think the biggest country that's taken a huge step forward as far as allowing people to go to sporting events it's actually Japan Japan starting July 10th has a plan to allow up to 5,000 spectators to attend sport outdoor sporting events and I guess we'll see how that goes I'm very very interested because obviously there's a lot of health and safety risks there's a lot of precautions and I really I'm really curious to see how this gets done with physical distancing how this gets done with maintaining proper hygiene and to make sure that you're not you know that you're not spreading the virus essentially because one of the things that well, one of the biggest reasons why sports was shut down was because sports became super spreader events the Champions League match between Atalanta and excuse me um Valencia Atalanta and Valencia that match in Italy became a super spreader event where you had thousands of people contract the virus from going to that game and so I'm very very curious to see where this all goes and finally on the COVID-19 news front Novak Djokovic superstar tennis player one of the best of all time he was in a word not using well actually in a few words not using his brain that's probably the nice way to say this Novak Djokovic failed to use his brain and as karma would have it because he was hosting a tennis tournament without restrictions because he seemed to be in the group of people who thinks this who thinks that this virus is a hoax and so he ended up testing positive for COVID and if that isn't karma I don't know what is but anyway Novak Djokovic maybe you know read a book or you know smarten up a little bit anyway my live sports update I'll get to that here in just a minute but there's a couple of other news not COVID related but still important I think in the NFL Cam Newton signed with the New England Patriots yesterday on a one-year 77.5 excuse me million dollar contract and so that is to me a fantastic storyline assuming the NFL gets to kick off their season just because Cam Newton is a good player but does struggle I think sometimes with he does struggle sometimes with his accuracy and he's a guy who you know is maybe a little reckless in the way he plays as far as you know not always taking the most care and securing the football but now he's going to New England where they're, that's kind of their bread and butter is just not turning the ball over you know defense is going to do a lot of the work so I'm very very interested to see how this will work Cam Newton though I will say is probably a pretty big upgrade for them at quarterback and I think he does make New England a very very viable playoff team and 
Buffalo, I think, just started sweating a lot because they're gonna be in a they're gonna be in for a fight in the AFC East. And then the other bit of news: Australia and New Zealand won the bid to host the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. So congratulations to those two countries. I think more than well deserving. In fact, I was a big proponent for Australia winning the Men's World Cup in 2022. But them and New Zealand together are going to be hosting the Women's World Cup in 2023. And Australia has a really good women's team, so they'll certainly be among the favorites when that does kick off. All right, on to the live sports update. The National Women's Soccer League had kind of a developing story on my last show, and that was the Orlando Pride pulled out of the tournament because of six of their players and ended up testing positive for COVID-19. The tournament's still going ahead, though, and they're just... So this is the basically the format they're doing it in. They're having a quote-unquote group stage it's not really a group stage but it's kind of a seeding stage where every team will play four games and then at the end of those four games you'll go into the quarterfinals and then the semifinals and the final itself and so I'm especially once the games like once we get down to the knockout rounds I'll definitely start paying a lot more attention to the tournament it's just the group stage doesn't really feel important because every team makes the set they make the knockout rounds, so I'll keep an eye on it for sure, but definitely I will start going more in depth once they have, once they do get into the knockout rounds. They've only played two games so far, and the Washington and North Carolina both won over Chicago and Portland, respectively. The Bundesliga has come to a close. Borussia Mönchengladbach won the final Champions League spot, getting fourth place over Bayer Leverkusen. And Fortuna Dusseldorf ended up being the team to go down and get relegated. And Werder Bremen will play in the playoff to try and stay alive in the Bundesliga. Because the German league is a little bit different in the way relegation works. Because the bottom two teams in the league go straight down to the second division. And the top two teams from the second division go straight up into the first division. But then the third place team in the second division and the third worst team in the first division play a two-legged playoff to see who will, essentially who will get to go into the first division. And so Werder Bremen will now have to fight for their Bundesliga lives in a playoff. But it's still better than getting sent down automatically. In La Liga, Barcelona are starting to slip up. They had another tie. This time with Celta Vigo, who got a last-minute goal from Iago Aspas. And Real Madrid, thanks to a very nice goal by Casemiro, ended up winning against Espanyol and are now two points ahead in the La Liga race. And with Barcelona still having to play Atletico Madrid on their schedule, it is going to be a tough road for the Catalan side. And maybe Real Madrid will get their first league title in several years. In Syria, Lazio lost a 3-2 thriller to Atalanta back and forth. It was a fantastic game to watch. And unfortunately for Lazio, that loss has them now four points behind Juventus in the Syria table. As Juventus continue to be the favorite to repeat again as champions. Lazio, though, still very much 
in striking distance. And then the Premier League is, well, it's not over, but it now has a champion. Officially, mathematically, we've known this was coming for many, many months. But Liverpool have won their first first division title in about 30 years. They won the title thanks to Chelsea defeating Manchester City 2-1, which meant that mathematically no one can catch Liverpool. They are alone in first, 86 points, 28 wins, 2 draws, and 1 loss on the season. It's been... I know that Liverpool, you know, to some degree, there will be an asterisk on the season. Not for them winning the title. They won the title months ago. Like, anyone who says that Liverpool didn't win the league legitimately is just lying to themselves. But where Liverpool might have a bit of an asterisk with this season has to do with where they rank historically. Because this Liverpool team, you could argue, is maybe the best team England has ever seen. But at the same time... They're getting this break in between, and it's really tough to tell where they would have finished if the league didn't stop. Because Liverpool right now is on pace to shatter the points record. Manchester City a couple years ago got 100 points in a season. Liverpool will almost certainly break that record. But there's obviously questions about would they have broken the record if the stoppage didn't happen. And the answer is we really don't know. And so that'll be an interesting debate is just where does this Liverpool team rank all time? I think that you could certainly argue they are the best Premier League team ever, but that's that that's one that I think is very open to debate. The Manchester City team of a couple of years ago is certainly in that conversation. The Arsenal team that didn't lose a game is certainly in that conversation as well. So I don't know. It'll be interesting debates there's not really a right or wrong answer to that is kind of my point but nonetheless Liverpool champions of England and now it's all about the huge relegation race where Watford are 16th with 28 points and Aston Villa are 19th with 27 points and then you got Bournemouth and West Ham just scrunched in there as well only ahead of Villa on goal difference so the relegation battle is real at the bottom of the table and Leicester City have slipped up a little bit and so Wolves and Manchester United both are creeping up to Leicester City who are trying to hang on to a place in the Champions League and then of course the FA Cup took place this weekend Arsenal got a win wow that was I mean I think they probably deserved a win, but the way it happened was just the most Arsenal thing possible because Nicolas Pepe scored from the penalty shot spot early in the game. And then in the 87th minute, a corner kick for Sheffield was, in a word, terribly defended. (laughs) Uh, Two words, but yeah, it was terribly defended by Arsenal because their defender kicked it off their own teammate and then it went right to Sheffield who scored. And I know I'm supposed to support Arsenal, but I couldn't help but sit there and laugh because it's just, that's kind of how embarrassing the defense has been all season long. And it doesn't really seem like they're gonna improve that defense very much. So nonetheless, Arsenal did find a way to win. Danny Ceballos 
snuck it underneath Dean Henderson in the 90th minute, and so Arsenal will advance to the semi-finals. And their opponent is, sadly, Manchester City, who won their FA Cup match against uh, Newcastle United. They won the game 2-0, Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling taking care of business. And this is what I'll say. So Arsenal play Man City in the semi-finals. If Man City play their bench, like if they rest some of their starters, they play some of their reserves, Arsenal will still lose 1-0. But if City play their starters, it'll probably be another blowout. But you know what? Arsenal made the semi-finals, something they can be proud of, of the FA Cup. But they're in all likelihood, unless City play their bench, it, it probably won't be very close again because... Man City just have top to bottom, like, if you look at the players that Manchester City has, their head, heads and tails just night and day better than Arsenal. Anyway, the other games. Manchester United, it went down to the wire, but they were able to get a late winner in extra time. Harry Maguire scoring to defeat Norwich City, who were just defending for their life with playing with 10 men there in extra time. And so United advanced to the semis, and their opponent was Chelsea, who beat Leicester City 1-0, Ross Barkley scoring the only goal in that game. And so Man United and Chelsea will fight to, in all likelihood, face Man City in the FA Cup final. And then finally, my third section, my Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2020, just my thoughts on it. First of all, Jerome McGinley getting in was a no-brainer. This guy has... He's meant everything to the Calgary Flames organization. And as a Flames fan, it's so nice seeing him get that recognition. Aginla has, he, he's won the scoring title, he's won the points title, and of course was a instrumental part of Canada winning gold at the 2002 and 2010 Olympic Games. And actually, in reading this uh, article on CBC, He's actually only the fourth uh, black person to get enshrined into the Hall of Fame. So that is, again, a historic achievement. And especially in a sport that, you know, has had a, a bad history of discrimination. I think Jerome McGinley is a testament to, to a, lot of, a lot of fantastic qualities and a lot of a fantastic desire to to continue to try and be the best and so Jerome McGinley huge congratulations to him but of course as a Flames fan I will always be grateful for the memories and for the moments that he gave me as a kid growing up in this city and just overall being a overall being a fantastic captain a fantastic ambassador for the city of Calgary and for the Flames themselves. The other members of the Hall of Fame class included Ken Holland, current general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. He didn't get in for anything he did with Edmonton, but it was with the stuff he did with Detroit. Kevin Lowe, who was a part of the Oilers dynasties, he ended up getting in. He was a little bit of a controversial one, I guess. Uh, there was a lot of mixed feelings about his induction on social media. The other first-time Hall of Famer, or sorry, first ballot Hall of Famer, excuse me, was three-time Stanley Cup champion Marion Hossa, who of course did fantastic things 
with a number of teams in his career. He played for a lot of them, but also with the Slovakian national team internationally. And then the first ever uh, female goalie got into the Hockey Hall of Fame as Canadian women's national team goalie Kim St. Pierre got the nod into the Hall of Fame. So a huge, huge congratulations to her. Fantastic in becoming the first goalie, the first female goalie into the Hall. And Kevin Lowe, oh sorry, excuse me, I already said Kevin Lowe. Doug Wilson was the other member of the 2020 Hall of Fame class. And so that's what it was. I know some people were hoping Theo Fleury would get in this year. Longtime Calgary Flame, part of the Stanley Cup winning team in 1989. And I hope Flurry will get his due eventually, but this year apparently wasn't the year. And with the way the NHL, or sorry, the, with the way the Hockey Hall of Fame voting works, it's certainly possible I think Flurry will probably get in, you know, sometime eventually in the future, even if this wasn't the year for him. But it was the year for Jerome McGinley, who is, like I said, more than deserving. And once again, just nothing but good things to say about him and his time in the National Hockey League. And that's it. That's all I got for my show today. I want to thank everyone for listening in to Moments of Genius. Next week, I'm previewing the MLS is back tournament, which I hope will still happen. But Florida has been kind of a nightmare with the COVID situation. So... I guess we'll wait and see, but assuming the MLS is still going ahead, then I will be previewing that tournament next week, in addition to all the new sports updates. And once again, to everyone out there, I want to say to be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.